freaks me out. Oh, that was recording. Good start to the podcast. <laughs> Hello and welcome to this Q&A episode of the ESG Fitness Podcast. As ever, I have Andy here to help me answer your questions. We have some awesome questions and we'll get going. But first of all, in the news this week, this is our current affairs section. I'm not going to speak about politics, don't worry. I know my lane and I shall stay in it. Um, What I did want to discuss is Russia and the drugs ban. Did you see this, Andy? Yep. Yeah, yeah. So they've got a four-year ban, isn't it, for... Well, obviously, they've just revisited the same ban that they had about three years ago. So, (laughs) Um, But that made me think about how we deal with steroid use or drug use in the fitness industry and how actually now it's it's quite accepted as a thing and yeah i think it i think it's become it's, it's certainly a very prevalent um topic within the fitness industry um there are obviously a number of people who um who are very open about using it um, there are a lot of people who claim that they aren't, but they are. Um, okay, so what and... do you, this is my debate, and I have it quite often in my head, and I still, mm-hmm. like, I can't figure out which side of the fence I sit on. So you've said that there's a number of people who are quite open about the use, and then there are a number of people who use but aren't open about it. And I've always kind of swayed to the way of, do you know what, if you use, just be honest about it. Because it, it does create unrealistic expectations. And as like a personal trainer, you're kind of like lying to your clients or it's like a bit of a false advertisement to suggest that they could achieve what you have by working with you, you know, without taking yeah. these uh, steroids or yeah. extra things. But so that would be like the sort of argument for being more open about it. Now, on the other side, what I'm seeing now is... <laughs> almost openness to the extent that it's enabling and almost encouraging the use of steroids and that i'm really uncomfortable with yeah. and really against so what are you, like what are it's, your it's, thoughts on that it's it's i'm i'm very similar to you it's for me if i would be i understand why people are very open about it and the people who are open about it are generally the ones that have got the best knowledge in it um, so guys like JP, very like you know, talks very openly about it. Um, has a massive amount of knowledge about what's what he's doing, about the sort of everything around about it, um, and being safe whilst doing it. Um, the problem for me is is the absolute muppets that think they know what they're doing um, and start trying to like push it onto other people who are in the gym. Um, yeah, it was so, interesting because we had JP on Fitness Unfiltered and we almost sort of posed this question to him. And he, he you know, he's so honest and like I have so much respect for JP and he, he was like, you know, I worry about that myself. You know, I worry, am I sort of enabling people to use steroids? Am I almost encouraging them to use steroids? But he thinks and I would probably agree with him that most people that use were going to use anyway and his information is helping them use more safely and not doing sort of crazy things that a lot of people have done and just taking advice from the old guy in the gym that's been using steroids Uh, since or you think it's the old guy in the gym he's only 20 just aged because he's taken so many drugs (laughs) um uh, I think I, I think that 
that way of thinking about stuff is probably the best way to do it. In some ways, it may enable people, but I actually think that the majority of people will do it anyway. It's it's a supposed shortcut. It's not a shortcut. It, it's something that will help you, but you still need to pull your finger out your backside and put the work in and get your nutrition right, get your training right, get and all the things around it. You just need to be a lot smart. You need to be a lot smarter with this kind of stuff. Mm. But I don't but think you know what it. It is a it is a shortcut. Like that, I'm not saying you know steroids have a massively potent effect on growing muscle. Yeah, there's no denying that. But what I will say is that some people think that people that take steroids are lazy, and that's the complete opposite of what I've seen from people that do use. They're the ones that train the hardest. They make the most out of sort of what they're doing. And actually one of the things that being assisted does is helps you recover quicker, helps you, helps enable you to train harder and probably more frequently. So if anything, it allows you to yeah train harder, not to be lazy. But no, I think if you, if you're going to do something like that, you're going to get well. you want to get the best out of it. You're not going to just start taking stuff and just, oh, it might work. You're going to do everything around it to make sure that it does work. So mm-hmm. you start to switch on a bit more. So yeah, it's, um, but the, the, the Russian thing's hilarious because they've obviously banned Russia, but they're going to allow all the athletes to compete as, um, as like unregistered athletes or like unaffiliated athletes. Which yeah, kind of I think neg- it's... it negates the purpose of what they've done. <laughs> well, it doesn't. It doesn't. Like it, it, it does to some extent. As in, there probably is still going to be people that are either still taking or have. And I think this is the problem. Like you have taken steroids and trained on steroids for years, and now yep. maybe maybe you are drug free now. You don't think that Stop. years and years of training have had any impact on your performance. You have to it's... be kidding me. So there's that. But then obviously I think the whole, the Russia ban, it, it's a political thing. They don't want of course like, it is, Russia. Because there. let's be fair, look at look a bit closer to home. Look at things like British cycling at the moment. British cycling is under an extremely dark cloud that is, you know, that that's sort of being pulled in front of a tribunal at the moment. You know, there are a lot of athletes, and look at, like, guys, look at some of the top-range athletes at the moment who are getting pulled under the, the blanket of the Nike Oregon project under the boy Sal, the guy Salazar. Oh, yeah. There are some top athletes, including some guys who are now being knighted. What, who the are one getting, that, like, who, basically... Didn't Mo Farah, like, live with him? <laughs> Mo Farah lived with him, but also Mo Farah went from, like, virtually a zero... To like a gold medalist in like yeah. six months, or like he and went also, from like being a very good athlete to being the best athlete in the world. Yeah, but but like also as well, you know, I I if you look at like football, Rio Ferdinand got an eight month ban for missing one drugs test. He got an eight month ban for that. Mo Farah missed three tests in a year. That's a two year ban straight off the bat, but. It doesn't. It doesn't go well with what British athletics want to show in their athletes, so they'll not give them a ban for that. And that's that's you know it's it's double standards. Mm. If it had been somebody of a, of a less less um, celeb status, they'd have been chucked under the bus. So you know it's that that's that's enabling people to do stuff. That's that's the way I would look at that. Yeah, so, I don't know. I kind of see it very... as like obviously it's a very different thing and. Yeah, I, I I think that's just what I worry from the stance of the fitness industry. Are we almost encouraging it? And I would hate for someone 
like I would quite like someone to look at maybe a cover model and be like oh that's unrealistic for me because I know that they're taking steroids and they're quite open about it that would be a good thing but what I worry is that they'll look at that and be like I want that in order to do that I know that he's taking x y and z I'll take x y and z that's what worries me I think most people are getting are, are becoming a bit more switched on with this kind of stuff though um that they will ask questions like you know the number of questions that we get asked about that kind of stuff you know you get asked that a lot and it's you know a lot of it is guesstimation on our part but you can generally tell you can check there's generally you can generally look at something and go yes or no it's yeah i mean this is probably going to surprise a lot of people but i'm actually drug free (laughs) (laughs) um this physique is 100 percent natural i know quite you're just you're just you're just in all the pain colors in the world at the moment well yeah actually i say that i'm actually drug free as i like just (laughs) before we came in i was like sorry andy i'm just trying to gather enough saliva to swallow this pill (laughs) which is disgusting (laughs) um so yeah maybe not drug free but if anything um these painkillers are reducing my ability to build muscle mass which is very sad but also the fact that i'm not training might also be hindering my ability to build muscle mass so you know i'm bl- i'm blaming the drugs it frankly sucks on all sucks in all parts <laughs> yes right should we should we get on to the questions let's nah. get on all right then right number one is from Catherine. she says that she is struggling with consistency to do the evening routine she's feeling tired and sometimes lacks energy and is craving extra food how do you avoid this <laughs> you can't unfortunately <laughs> you can it's just sheer willpower like little simple things like put into your diary the your evening routine put it in at a time every night so say the quarter to eight to nine o'clock if it's a 15 minute um, routine just put it in your diary set yourself an alarm for quarter to eight and just get it done make it like an appointment it's the same a lot of clients i work with put their personal training sessions into their diary as an appointment so that they know they have to go to it and it's just little simple cues like that that will make a big difference yeah well i think exactly true like you're like i would expect anyone to put a personal training session into their diary because you're meeting someone but put your training sessions into your diary like this is time that i am training doesn't matter that you're not meeting your personal trainer like that's an allocated block of time that you're training you can't cancel on that um when it comes to evening routine so oh disgusting morning and evening routines are meant to benefit you now if you've tried it for a week and you don't find much benefit from it or it doesn't fit in with your routine it doesn't fit in with your life and you're not you know try it if it works keep it if it doesn't then don't keep it basically there's no point doing something that you're not benefiting from a lot of people already exercise in the morning thus their morning routine is almost a little bit pointless the whole point of the morning routine is to set you up for a positive day if you're already doing that by going to the gym that's absolutely fine the whole point in the evening routine is to assess the day you've had and set yourself up for the next day to be a positive it also helps you sleep like i find writing a bit of a list in the evening knowing what i have to do the next day that kind of stuff just allows me to like switch off because i'm like it's written down i know it's going to get done i don't need to stress about it it's there nailed down right next one from nikki okay you can answer this one because this is this is your thing i think why can i squat more than no sorry why can i leg press more than i can squat 
I've, that, written, I've written that. I've got, I've got, I've got another beer down. I've yeah, no, because I, I wrote it wrong. I've written it, why can I squat more than I can leg press? But it's actually meant to be, why can I leg press more than I can squat? Well, that, make, that makes it a much easier answer. Yeah. <laughs> and much, much, <laughs> makes much more sense. Yeah. Um, when you're, it, it's all to do with stability. Stability and confidence. If you are sitting in a leg press with a, a support behind your back, and the position and the angle where your load is, the load is through sort of your legs, but you're all in control and all unsupported, it's going to be much easier to push. Whereas a barbell's got instability because if you pitch to one side, the bar's going to shift over. Um, yeah, it's a lot of it's just to do with stability and just the position that you can get yourself into. Yeah, so it's, I guess, balance. Um, you're yeah. having to recruit other muscles. There's a lot of technique involved in a squat, whereas a leg press, sort of anyone can jump on and just exert as much force as possible, pushing your legs forward. It's a very simple movement. Um, yeah. Whereas the like the squat is quite a complex movement. There's there's like sticking points in the squat that are going to be harder. There's less of that in the leg press. There obviously is still some sticking points, but yeah, it's a much easier exercise. It's the same sort of principle as if you take like a dumbbell press or a bench press and then compare it to your chest press on a machine you're going to find you can lift more on the machine yeah um, exactly yeah so i think that covers that uh question from sarah if i was to occasionally take caffeine before i train she also says that she's very sensitive to the effects of it what is the optimum time pre-workout to take this I'm not even sure this would have an effect or whether it is more of a placebo, in which case I'll stick to decaf and tell myself I'm pumped up instead. <laughs> um, so my first point of this would be we all sort of metabolize things at slightly different rates. So there's not an exact time that caffeine will have an effect. I tend to find it takes about 10 to 20 minutes, but I also think some of that is a bit of a placebo so if i have a coffee i tend to find like 10 to 20 minutes after it i feel a bit more buzzing but also as soon as the coffee comes because even the smell and anticipation of caffeine can have an effect and that's been shown quite consistently so annoyingly my answer would be try it you know try it 10 minutes before try it 20 minutes before to be honest it won't hugely matter because you'll probably be halfway through your session and maybe have a bit of a burst of extra energy um yeah and that's what i do i actually tend to like if i am going to drink caffeine if i need a bit of a kick like i might have a monster like during my session um yeah i think as, as you say it, it all depends on how how your body sort of takes it in i'm generally 10 minutes before a session shona's like 40 minutes before a session um so you know it just it all depends on depends on what you're doing but i think the big thing with pre-workout is, is big pre-workout's not designed there for like making a great session it's to make a sort of a slightly shitter session better it's yeah. going to just give you a little bit of a kick up the butt it's not going to be it's not it, it's not going to make it all rock and roll um as much as everybody sort of that's what everybody claims like i'm going to ride the shark into the gym and go beast mode um it's not quite like that it's just it, it, if you're if you're feeling slightly sluggish and tired or a little bit lethargic after work um it's a maybe a nice little pickup to keep sort of to, to put you in focus for a training session mm -hmm. um but um 
I'll be honest, I take pre-workout before every session, mainly because I don't drink tea or coffee, so I don't I don't take any caffeine in elsewhere. So that's the, virtually the only caffeine I'll take in during a day. So um, it's interesting. I think because a lot of I think pre-workouts tend to be dosed a little bit higher. I think I don't actually take them, so I can't remember <laughs> what the dosages are. But depends. <laughs> when when I've you... got five hundred milligrams per scoop. Wow. But when, when you look at like how much caffeine you actually need for an ergogenic effect, and by that, like that's yeah. like sports science terms for having a benefit to performance, it's actually a lot higher than what most people think. So having like an espresso isn't actually high enough. So a lot of that is going to be a placebo effect. Um, but saying that, like I gen, like if I do have a black coffee before training, like I do feel like I've got more energy. Yeah. Um, Again, it's it's depending on the person, depending on the size of the person, depending on like a hundred kilo person is going to t- need more caffeine to get into our system than somebody who's fifty kilos. So it's all to do with sort of the dosage on that as well. So yeah, I think it's yeah. I always I always laugh at the ones that you see people going, oh, I don't need pre-workout. I'll just have a black coffee. I'm like, very good. I don't drink black. Co- I don't drink coffee. So yeah. I'll have a pre-workout. So yes, sorry, I'm better than you because I don't need pre-workout. Okay, I do it naturally. I'm doing it yeah, through caffeine. I, I only drink natural coffee with MCT oils in it. <laughs> um, yep. So, yeah, because I need that really quick-release energy because glucose is dirty. Haven't you heard? <laughs> That's the new thing. Glucose is dirty. And um, I need some clean energy. So we're going electric rather than diesel. Yes, that yeah, that's a nice um, analogy. Right, next question <laughs> from Carol. Is there any way to improve slash prevent elbow tendonitis? It drives me nuts and stops me progressing with pull-ups. When I got back into training four years ago, I got tennis elbow, but that eventually settled. But golfer's elbow took its place. Oh, Jesus. Um, it's still flaring up on and off. What would your so- tips be? Um, one, um, stretching, try to, try to get your triceps and if possibly your sort of your, your bicep, but also your forearm, if it tightens up as well, it can start to pull across, um, using things like, um, the uh, mobility balls, like the lacrosse balls, just to try and get a bit of movement through just to get the, any, any knots and stuff. But honestly, for me, it's just things like getting regular massage. Like if I've got tendonitis, get well, fortunately I've got Shona um, in the studio. She can rattle through my triceps or my biceps uh, and and get things moving. Um, but the things that I would avoid are things like that's anything that's going to force your elbow into a really tight position. So things like back squats or front squats. Um, if you've got tennis elbow or golfer's elbow, it's a really, really daft idea to try and force your elbow into a position where it shouldn't be for a long period of time because all it's going to do is it's going to aggravate it. Because um, I, I, I do remember there's a, quite a few guys that I uh, used to train with that you squat really narrow. I'm quite a My hands are quite wide on a bar. Everybody, they were like virtually either side of their shoulders and they would get they would get tennis elbow regularly. Mm. And it's just purely because their 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 elbows forced into a position that's an an unnatural. It's a natural position to bend, but not as tight as they had it. So, um, and you're just putting pressure through it. So, because it's golfer's elbow, tennis elbow is the outside, isn't it? And golfer's elbow is inside. I think so, but I didn't want to be. I'm pretty sure on this. That works. 
Neither That's why I was asking you the question. <laughs> well, I'm just going to flip reverse it on you. Um, my biggest tip for this would be, and especially as it's an ongoing issue, and you may have done this already, but just go and see a physio just for one appointment and say look this is an ongoing issue what are the sort of mobility things i need to do i don't expect like a quick fix i you know maybe you don't want to go through and do a whole six weeks of treatment with them you just want a one-off session to be like can i have some exercises what's going to help this that is going to be worth the money like 100 times down just sort of be honest with them it's something that i know i need to deal with um can you give me your best advice and that's what i'd do uh, yeah, I think the big one with physios for me is, is like, you know, a good physio will try and fix you in one session. We'll try and fix you as quick as possible. If somebody says that they need 10 sessions to work with you, I'd be pretty wary about what they're doing. Um, I, I, I've used the same physio now for best part of probably 15 years. And Mary's fantastic. Former uh, first football f- First female physio in football, in Scottish football. Uh, worked for the you SRU. Go, girl. Cur- yeah, currently working for Scottish cricket, and she's just she's different class. And she'll she if she can't fix it in the first session, um, there's generally it's generally a bigger issue than what I expected. Um, she's top notch, and it's um, yeah, I think it's just worth the money. You know, it's one of those ones where you sit and go, oh, it's fifty quid for a, a, a physio session. Yeah, it's but it's fifty quid well spent if they get it right and they nail it down. So you know. Yeah, and also especially if it's an ongoing problem, like I'm. I'm now going to an osteopath for my back, which I never thought I would do. Because <laughs> osteop, like it's kind of like, well, it is actually. It's not kind of like it's alternative medicine, and in some ways, it's been a little bit hard for me to like take it. You've changed. <laughs> I know. That is how desperate. <laughs> that's how desperate I've got. But basically, he's he's sort of said like <laughs> that he doesn't really agree with like actual medicine which is a bit of a turn off for me um so he was like oh yeah, stop it's a, a bit of a warning sign that one <laughs> he was like stop taking all your painkillers you don't need them you can just ice your back and i was thinking hmm. um I probably like i'm probably gonna ice my back but i don't know if i'll stop taking all, all the painkillers um but i'm just gonna give it a go and do you know what it's it is expensive it's like 40 pound a session and also it's like you'll be in for like 10 minutes and i i am all about like if i've got meetings with someone i'm like it doesn't need to be an hour long like a good meeting will always be about 30 minutes long like you have an agenda you stick to it you ask questions you need you go away you do it like bish bash bosh done yeah anything else is just faffing around so i kind of like that it's 10 minutes because you you always think like oh an hour would be better because i'm paying x amount of money but then you're like well actually that's my time that i'm paying this is why i resent the hairdresser because it's like whatever 50 60 quid plus two hours of your time which is ridiculous anyway back to i don't know how that goes i'm like in exactly done (laughs) that's what i want someone who's like done and i have actually found which is excellent um what was my point about the osteopath why were we oh yeah so anyway basically it's worth i think it's worth the money it's going to be a couple of treatments to see if it's going to work or not but then you compare that to how much it's going to be if I go private for my back, which is like it's, seven and a half grand. As well, you may as well, yeah, you may yeah. as well try it and I'm see like, it. And if it works, brilliant. Yeah, what's if it, it works, what's it then a couple hundred pound beats seven grand. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, right. On that note, we'll move on. Becky, 
do the team have any good recipes? Well, I think given um, people have probably seen my cooking skills recently, um, I'm going to pass this one to Andy. Any any good master, recipes? Master, master chef. Oh, yeah. um, actually, there's lo- there's there's so many different there's so many different good um, cookbooks and like st- online stuff like BBC. Is it BBC? Good food or BBC I was about food to say website? That I already replied to Becky with that suggestion because I think it's amazing. Like I never actually stick to the <sighs> recipe, but there's so many choices there, and you can even there's one that's like BBC Good Food, and it's like everything's under five hundred calories, and they're like a really nice. Yeah, meals. It's, it's really good. It's there's um taste is it I, laura got me a book for my birthday and i'm sure it's like a pinch of nom it's called and they've got a whole host of different books and a lot of it's really some some really good recipes so you know things like fajita pie like and it's Ooh. like just like things like put do your fajita stuff then put it into the oven and cook it like a pie with obviously with the wraps and stuff through it but loads of different stuff but i think they've, they've also got one that's like uh under 500 calorie I think it's pinch of nom or taste of nom. I can't remember what it is, but BBC Foods a great one. I use that a lot. Like I, I get a lot of my recipes off that. Um, especially honest, stuff I like slow cooked stuff. I think stuff. your best bet. Your best obviously, bet. put a thread in the group because that always people have brilliant ideas. But Google is yeah, going to be Google your best it. friend. <laughs> straight, straight in and just Google recipe recipes under five hundred calories, and it will give you yeah. loads of them. Yeah. You can go and, and buy cookbook if you want, but realistically, most of them are free on Google. Yeah, exactly. That's the way to look at it. Okay, next question from Hannah. Can you lose progress in two weeks, for example, over Christmas? No. no <laughs> um, unless you're going away and eating... 10,000 calories a day and not training yeah I would the thing I the thing I try to look at over Christmas is one keeping my steps up so making sure I'm getting out for plenty of walks with the dog um keeping myself active because I actually really like this time of year provided it's not pissing down rain if it's like cold and icy um at this moment in time I kind of started <laughs> sorry Emma guys. seems to be doing the ma- the macarena <laughs> in the background um but yeah, Do you know no, what's Christmas really time... awkward is that um, <laughs> thrusting seems to help my back. <laughs> so sometimes I just stand in the street, like having a little thrust. Um, but I've that, just decided that, like that's, that's a meeting. Is that not a meeting, Colin Dundee? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but the, I have no dignity left, and I don't need it to be honest. It's anyway, better than lying on the pavement. <laughs> uh, marginally, yeah. Yeah, but now nah, back anyway. Back to the back to the Christmas one. Yeah, nah. There's no reason why you why you would why you need to lose why you need to worry about losing progress over Christmas time. If you have more time off, it means that you've got more time to get your butt to the gym. It means you've got more time to get your steps up. Um, it get, means that you've got more time to keep an eye on what you're doing when it comes to food. Um, so yeah, it's I I don't I th- I think unfortunately I think a lot of people use it as an excuse to eat like an absolute asshole, and I'll be honest with you, I generally am like that, but I'm currently cutting, so it, for me I'll only have a few days where I'll eat like a dick. Um, 
but yeah, it's 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 totally down to just keeping your head in the game. If you keep your head in the game, there's no reason why you can't keep progressing over Christmas time. So yeah absolutely and hannah's one of my clients so what i'm probably going to do is if you can't get to the gym as often or if you can't get to the gym at all we'll obviously have a chat about this at next check-in but i'll probably give you full body workouts so for example if you're now like over christmas you can only get to the gym once or twice then i'll program you sessions where you're going to hit full body during those workouts and even little like little things at home um home workouts are brilliant especially to keep you ticking over like yeah do you know what you might not necessarily progress over christmas if you're at home with the family and you can just do maybe a 50 minute 10 um home workout every day or something like that that will keep you ticking over and even just changing it's better than nothing yeah and sometimes i like to like change my goals i'm like okay well over christmas i can only do home workouts so i want to get really good at the plank probably come up with something yeah. slightly more exciting than that but or you we know, set, up, set up a push-up challenge see how many folk set up yeah a push-up exactly like oh Things i can like i can do 20 push-ups now in a row like let's see if by the end of this two weeks off i can do 35 whatever yeah so just no burpees no <laughs> oh my god i forgot about but i miss burpees you can't do them anyway so no it's <laughs> oh, really sad uh <laughs> it is right okay next Not question being able to do burpees isn't a bad thing <laughs> it's, it's a very sad time for me okay this one's from sharon why do i crave carbs this week does it mean anything i've heard a bit about carb cycling but never tried it so i've heard some conflicting information basically what do we think about carb cycling and yeah that what are your thoughts Carb cycling. Oh wait, let's start with what carb cycling is for anyone who's like, "What are you talking about, bro?" So carb cycling is pretty much just um, running through maybe an order of having a low day of carb carb intake to a slightly higher day of carb intake, and it's just it's it's setting up setting up things like if you, for instance, if you have t- two lighter sessions, you would go low carb days if you have a heavy session you maybe go a higher carb day it's just it's it's just changing your intake of carbs depending on what you're doing or what fits into that day or day of the week more than anything else so that's what carb cycling is essentially having low carb days high carb days some people have medium carb days as well yeah um so the potential benefits of this would be more energy on training days which i would still say is debatable um i actually think sometimes loading up the day before is better so maybe having your high carb day the day before your biggest training session some people might prefer it on the day of your biggest training session to be honest don't it's not really going to make much difference um there's another potential benefit especially if you are training for endurance events so some endurance athletes now train or use a protocol called like train low which is training low in carbohydrate um availability so they might have a low carb day and do they normally would do like a lower intensity exercise that day and and it seems to help some of the adaptations to endurance training so that could be one reason that you're doing it. I think for most people that are listening to this, most people definitely of our clients, that doesn't apply to too many of you. There's a few endurance athletes, but again, I think other things take a priority over that. 
which leads me on to potential downsides. So I think one of the downsides is that you could find your low carbs quite hard as you're not you're sorry your low carb days quite hard as you're not really adapted to eating low carb so one of the things that tends to happen when you eat low carbs is there's a bit of an adaptation process where your body and your brain and you know, what people call like low carb fog which puts a lot of people off eating low carbs but when you stick to that you sort of become more attuned to doing that and your body gets used to using fat for fuel um so you wouldn't have time to adapt to that if you keep going low carb high carb low carb high carb so that's one potential downside and then the main potential downside from my point of view is that it's just a bit unnecessarily restrictive so i don't know like say you found out oh i've got a tinder date tonight and they want to go for sushi like but it's low carb day what are you going to do Eh? That's a classy Tinder date, is it not? Yeah, little. <laughs> yeah, but this is this st- this is the kind of Tinder date I'm looking for. Is this not a thing? <laughs> Hello, would you like to go for sushi? I don't, I'll be not... you. I I don't even know what Tinder is. That's how bad it is. Like, so yeah, no, it's um, the carb the carbohydrate cycling thing. It's as you say, it's not an it's something that general ninety nine percent of clients don't have to deal with and don't have to worry about because it's something that's not going to affect what they're currently doing um there was a big there was a big surge back in early early 2000s with was it dh Kiefer, john Kiefer, where he was doing oh, things like that's carb backloading carb backloading and he did carb night as well so he did like six days oh, yeah, of carbs yeah. it went shit for sure on like as much carbs as you could in one day and it's general, genuinely, all it is is it's it's calorie restriction. You've cut out your carbs, which is probably the biggest part of your diet for six days, and then smashed them on the seventh. So you're so making the a calorie. Um, sorry to jump in. The first diet I ever did, carb backloading. Yeah, I loved well, it. I, well, I I thought I loved it as well. I thought it was good. It's, it's ver- for me. It works very similar to just fasting. It's just taking your calories and putting them back in towards the end of the day when you've got a little bit more time. Well, um, people call but, that fasting. They're like, oh, it's a, what's it, like a protein sparing fast where basically you're, you're just eating like basically protein during the day and then in the evening yeah. or when you're not fasting, and you eat more. You know, the biggest thing is, as we tell, as we always speak about, is, is that any diet works goals. So anything will, anything will work. And as much as we hate saying it, this is why stuff like Herbalife and things like that does work. It's because it's set up to, to restrict calories for you to drop weight. The biggest problem with that is, is that the education about how to keep the weight off when they finish coming off it, which is what we teach our clients how to do it. Um, but, you know, it's the same as anything. Like, there's there's not really, like... If it if it's going to make one percent difference to what you're doing, is it really that? Is it really worth focusing all your energy on that? I'd, if I'd body composition, no. fat loss, and maintenance of that is your goal, no point doing it at all. Um, exactly. It, I did. Durance, I really Durance, liked um, carb backloading though, and I, I loved I, like the science behind it. So like there was yeah. And do you know what? There is a bit of science behind it. It's just sort of like, as most things, kind of taken out of context. So one thing they said, which does happen, is that you... So the idea was you'd eat no carbs during the day. Then you'd do your big training session. 
and then you'd eat all your carbs. And the sort of science behind that was, oh, when you do your training session, you increase GLUT4 translocation, which is the glucose transporters to the the periphery of your cell so that more glucose can be taken in. So they're more sensitive to the presence of glucose, which is technically true. So the whole idea was that you'd you'd not eat carbs all day, train really hard, get all this, your muscles really sensitive to glucose, and then you'd eat a load of carbs and all the carbs would then go to your muscle and not your fat. This was the whole yeah. like concept of it, which I really enjoyed at the time. I was like, oh, yes, like this sounds great. And do you know what? To, to some extent, it, it would happen. But obviously, if you I... still overeat calories, like they will be stored somewhere. And if your glycogen yeah. stores are full in your muscles, it's going to be stored as fat. I'm, I'm the same as you. I try... I, I... I went through a stage of using that as well, and I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a great. I thought it was a great way of. Eat, I, I really enjoyed how it's how you set it up, and I tried Carb Night as well. The uh, the book, the first book, which was like six days without carbs, and on the seventh day you would again hit your training session, and then just do a, a mass amount of carbs on the seventh day. And actually, do you know what? Someone who doesn't generally train very well without carbs, I actually quite liked that way of setting things up. Um, it was actually quite. It was quite. It was the um, Kiefer's quite. A, he's a very interesting character, um, and I remember a couple of things between him and Lyle McDonald, which made me just. I, it was just. It was gold. Absolute golden comedy, because um, obviously they hated each other. I don't know if they still do. They probably still because Lyle doesn't. Probably, Lyle doesn't like me. They both have such big egos that there'd be no exactly. like. Yeah. But um, no, it's a, it's, a, it's a very interesting. I'm pretty sure I've still got the book. I've still got is, the Carbonite book. I I really got great results training that way and obviously it wasn't potentially like it wasn't solely for the reasons that he said and I was obviously in a calorie deficit but for me at the time I was at university and during the day you know might maybe I'd be studying maybe yep. I don't know but anyway I'd be busy like doing stuff at uni and then in the evening was when you'd have your social meal like I'd eat with my flatmates or the rowing team or whatever it was it was so easy to diet that way because you're quite restrictive during the day and then for your social meal, you're kind of like, well, I can cram in as much like as much carbs as I want. Really, there wasn't any restriction yeah. on it, um, and that was a really good way to do it. And the only reason that I probably wouldn't suggest it to most people now, or anyone that maybe struggles with like binge eating tendency, like it, it is a bit like you're not eating much during the day, and then it could turn into if you're if you tend if your tendencies sway towards that, like a bit of a binge in the evening. It's just but gonna, I never it's had feed that. that. It'll feed that fire if you're if that's the yeah. way that your head works. Exactly. So yeah, no, totally. It's, Which is interesting. Just, like it works again. It's same with fasting. Like it works for some people, and other people, it's like oh, no, that just turns into a binge. And some people are like, yeah. oh, I didn't feel that at all. I just sort of eat, and it's ninety percent of it's about how your head's set up. It's yeah. totally about how your head reacts to certain situations. Like for me today, um, at the moment, my I generally fast, so my first meal today was at about twelve, um, and it's about twelve o'clock. So you know, and I didn't, I finished, I didn't I had my last meal last night about half seven. So intermittent fasting works perfectly well for me, um, but I know a lot of other clients who it won't work for because they get the brain fog in the morning if they don't get some get some intake of calories so yeah it's about it's about working to the individual and all everything will be like that it doesn't matter if it's training if it's nutrition 
nutrition, if it's sleep, recovery, meditation, you have to work it to the individual and you have to find out what works for them. And more importantly, they need to find out what works for them. So they need to work out what it is that makes them tick and help, that gives us the gives us the tools to help them with their journey and what they're doing. Yeah, it is so interesting. And it's like that perception of restriction, I think, is a huge part. So, for example, I guess unlike most people in the fitness industry, I didn't track calories. I've never, you know, I've done it for an experiment kind of thing, but I've never mm. done that way of dieting. I find that yeah. really restrictive and anal and boring, quite frankly. Yeah. But I'm very happy to go low carb, which yeah. means I, you know, like I'm probably creating a deficit anyway. Like when I'm trying to diet, definitely not in a deficit at the moment. But that's what works for me, and I don't feel restricted on low carb. However, some people are like, oh my God, no, like I could not, I couldn't live like that. I'd feel so restricted. I'd always want bread. I'd always want this, this, this. And I think, I guess it's also because I know I can have it. I understand the concept of energy balance. If I want some bread, I'll have it. But also knowing that makes it so much easier to say no. Because I'm like, yeah. "Yeah." And and that's the whole concept I want to get get towards, or get in the mindset of everyone that at any point, especially now over Christmas, this is really important to know, like, at any point you have unconditional permission to eat you can have anything you want but you're choosing not to because it doesn't suit your goals at the time and for me that mentality takes away the restriction so many people are like i can't i'm dieting i can't i don't want to put on weight i can't blah 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 you can you've chosen not to that's your choice you yeah. can change at any point but that's what you've chosen because long term that's what's going to get you closer to your goals it is as simple exactly. as that yeah I think that's exactly right. I think it's, um, you know, I'm I'm the same as you currently. I've been cutting now for three weeks, f- just short of four weeks, I think, and I've not tracked calories yet. Like, I know how much protein I'm taking in, but that's the only thing I'm focused on at the moment. Yeah. Everything else, the carbs and the fats, I and know I mean... what, what I need and I know what I don't have to have. So if I get to the end of the night and I'm like, oh, I want a bowl of cereal, that's not going to fit in, I'm not having it. Or... Yeah. I'm going to have it. So, yeah, it's, um, but it's... But then also we've been doing this for so long, you know, it's very easy for me to be like, I find tracking boring. Well, actually, it's such a good tool for so many people. Well, when when I get closer into, when I get closer into where my goal is, I will start tracking and I will become very anal about my tracking Mm -hmm. and my diet will be boring as shit. It will be the same thing four times a day and it's going to be nightmarish but that's the that's the the that's what i've got to that's what i've got to deal with if i want to get to where i want to be you don't need to track because you're eating the same thing every day this is what i used to do when i was trying to get like if i was ever doing a photo shoot and trying to get lean i'd start eating the same thing like with changes so like i'd still incorporate variety so the type of veg i was eating would change the type of fruit i was eating would change but basically largely the same thing every day and if you don't want to track that's a really good way to do it because then if you're like right i've eaten the same thing most days with little bits of variation not going to have a huge impact on calories and i've not lost weight this week or i've not lost weight over two weeks probably need to lower it somehow okay let's swap out x amount of pasta let's half that and fill the rest with veg like those are the kind of changes or instead of having pasta at lunchtime i'm cutting that out i'm just going to have a massive salad on the side yeah that's it exactly and it's i think as as much as everybody talks about the fact like for me when it comes to nutrition if i'm trying to get lean for me routine is 
the easiest thing to it's the easiest thing to bring in um, is routine because it's the same thing. I know that I'm going to do this at this time, this at this time, this at this time, and that's what I'm doing. And it just takes it takes the pressure off your head about going, oh crap, what am I going to eat? What am I going to eat now? What am I going to do next? What am I going to do there? Fish and a rice cake. Fish and a rice cake. And then exactly. I have a rice cake. And then I have and then, fish. And then 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 maybe not. It's two rice cakes. No, no, no. Just one. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, well, let me we need to, we need to find oh. out what he's up to. <laughs> I know. We I wonder. Should wonder... get him on the podcast. That would be amazing. Should we try and, and do X. this? Try and do this. Okay, I'll try for next that's week. Be trying, that's, that's what you should be trying to do. Let's see. Shout out who you want on who you want on the podcast. <laughs> Let's get Kevin Hart and The Rock on the podcast. So that that's what I want. <laughs> yeah, I, I think they'll definitely reply to me. Oh, hundred percent. Oh yeah. Do they not know who you are? They yeah. should do. <laughs> Right. On on that um on that note, we'll finish for this week. Any um passing comments, Andy? Oh, how are uh, you finding doing the yeah, the Christmas accountability post? Fine, yeah, all good, all good. I had them uh, good ideas about what I was gonna have as my bonus questions for yes, most of the week. I've so. been enjoying your bonus questions. And then it's pressure on me next week to bloody think of more. And then there's pressure on me the week after to do the yeah. rest of them. So it gets yeah, harder exactly. each week, doesn't it? Exactly, because you're like, have they done? Have we the done this ones. one already? Yeah, <laughs> done this one. It'll be getting to the point of what is your favourite quality street? Yeah, no, we can't go that low. <laughs> okay, what's your favourite roses? They're more upmarket. Ew. <laughs> Aren't heroes the thing now? Nah, celebrations because you get many Maltesers. Yeah. They are the damage. Oh yeah, but you used to get truffles. They were good. Don't get them anymore. Or what's? Ah, uh, uh, yeah. Well, no, you get Maltese or truffles. I saw them in Sainsbury's the other day. Huh. Hmm. Well. That's your Christmas. That'll be your Christmas present, Emma. Oh, thank I'll you. I get some truffles. Right. And some and some cocodamol. <laughs> yeah, maybe laced in some diazepam. That would be ideal. <laughs> and on that note, Plan. goodbye.